This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me. This is your Need To Know Financial Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas, and we are two financial advisors who have worked together for the past five years. Now, we often get told by our clients that we have a knack for making the complex simple when it comes to financial strategies. And today, we've got a very special guest joining us. But before we reveal exactly who our special guest is, let's just quickly get our disclaimer out of the way. As always, this is not considered personal advice, whatever we talk about on here at Talk Money To Me, even though we are registered financial advisors at Shrine Partners. So please note the podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. So without further ado, welcome Sasha to our show, who is actually our executive producer here at Talk Money To Me. Thank you, Felicity and Candice, for having me on the show. I'm so excited. I've got a big question to ask you that I've just been dying to ask you on mic since I've known you, basically. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we should probably give a little bit of background what this episode's going to be about, right? So you said that you were searching for a financial advisor. So what Sasha came up with is why don't we do a need-to-know episode on what you actually need to look for when searching for the right financial advisor. Exactly, because I've been looking after myself for quite some time. But sitting with you both, I've got so many insights and so much information about what can be possible with my money and what can be possible for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of my life. And I thought maybe, you know, I have been investing for about a decade. Maybe now is the time to start looking if I need professional help. And I thought, why don't I workshop all these questions with you two on mic? Yeah, let's get into it. So what is your first question, Sasha? Excellent. So I just thought we'll start with the basics. When do you think someone's ready for an advisor? What situation would you be looking at that you think that is the perfect entry place to go and seek professional financial advice? Okay. Well, I think that we could both actually probably answer this question for you, um, but I think as soon as possible is the right time to seek a financial advisor just because you want to set yourself up correctly in the first place, you know, from the get-go whilst you're young. Now, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have enough money, you know, no, no financial advisor actually wants to see me, but that's not the case. There are many great financial advisors, but you also do need to be willing to fork out a little bit of money to get that advice, right? Uh, because we have also spent years and years on our education um, to ensure that, you know, we can provide this great financial advice. Do you agree, Candice? I do. And I was just going to say to add to that, I think also 
when you have major milestones, right? So if you're thinking about purchasing a property, if potentially you've had a promotion at work, um, are you thinking of starting a family? You know, when you have these big financial goals and objectives, that's when you might have more of a clear idea on where you want to get in the next five, 10 years. And it's the perfect time to sit down with an advisor. Um, Or if you've sold a property, um, maybe you've got questions about your tax coming up, you know, lots of big milestones like that is a great time to to do some investigation and, and begin the conversation. So to be a bit of a devil's advocate, if I've got a really great accountant and I love, I mean, I work at Equitymate, so I love investing and I love kind of being involved in it myself. Is it still worth me getting a financial advisor? Do you know what your goals and objectives are for your finances Probably over the not. long term? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. A lot of people don't. It's all right. <laughs> well, then my answer is yes, right? Because a financial advisor actually helps you uncover what your financial goals and objectives are. Because a lot of a lot of our clients don't really know what they what they want until we kind of you know help them uncover exactly what they want to achieve over the next one, two, five, ten, fifteen years. So you know, accountants kind of sometimes look backwards. I suppose a financial advisor is really looking forwards. Um, And you don't want to leave the advice too late either. So coming up to end of 30 June, end of financial year, you know, you don't want to be seeing an advisor two weeks out. You really need to look at, you know, seeking that advice, you know, a lot earlier. Okay. Well, you've picked up a few things there that I want to talk about. But first, Say you've convinced me. I mean, you've done a pretty good job. I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced. But <laughs> you're sold. <laughs> um, so say I've decided that I'm definitely going to go seek financial advice. Is there a database for people's credentials? Should I be asking friends for recommendations? What's the best process for me to go about finding my options of who's going to be a reliable financial advisor? Yeah, so there are a couple of different websites that you can go to. Probably the most reputable would be the moneysmart.gov.au financial advisor register. Now you can actually search myself, you can search Candace, you can search any financial advisor that's potentially been recommended to you as well. And this will show you when the advisor started giving advice and what they can actually provide uh, advice on because not all financial advisors are the same. Uh, there's also another website called Advisor ratings. But again, that doesn't actually have all financial advisors, um, but that is another good start. Candice, is there anywhere else? Well, I would also say with, you know, technology these days, whip out your phone, jump on LinkedIn, because every professional person has a LinkedIn profile these days and you can see what their interests are, what they're blogging about, you know, their career path and their qualifications. Um, and I think, you know, to, to touch on your point, Sasha, who do you currently talk to about your finances and money? Like if it's your dad, your friend, an accountant, whoever, that's a good starting point to say, hey, I'm thinking about getting an advisor. Where do you suggest or do you know anyone? Because if they've obviously had a trusted relationship with them, then it's a good starting point for for you to have a conversation. And what I also want to point out is that Melissa Caddick was actually not on the Money Smart financial advisor register. So if all of her, I guess, victims had looked on Money Smart, they would have seen that she is not a registered financial advisor. Therefore, they should not be giving their hard-earned money to her. And probably avoid Instagram, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you, you want to stick the professional um, websites that like Felicity's gone through or LinkedIn, right? <laughs> There's a lot of young people can fall into the trap of 
finding advice on TikTok or Instagram, which could do more harm than good. I was going to say, I have a fully fledged TikTok and Instagram addiction, but I'm taking from this. That's definitely not where I'm going to find my advice. So I want to pick up on the fact that before Felicity, you said, you know, you asked me what my financial goals are. And I admitted that I've not done a lot of thought about that at all. So that's something that a financial advisor would help me uncover in our sessions, I imagine. But what are the things that I should be doing ahead of our first meeting? What should I be preparing or making sure that I've got in order so that I'm turning up to use your valuable time in the best way possible? Yeah. So look, I think there's a few parts to answer that question, but what we generally would like in a meeting, pending what you actually, you're actually seeking advice on, but let's say you're a holistic advice client. We would say, please bring copies of your superannuation statement, any insurances that you may have. Uh, prior to the meeting, we also do send a budget tool so that we can work out your cash flow. Cause that's really, really important when putting together a financial plan. Um, you know, put together any copies of your portfolios that you do have. That's That would be great to know what you're actually invested in. Um, Candice, what else? I think if you're talking about investments, you know, come into the meeting with some ideas that you'd like to talk about. You know, are you an ESG investor? Are you not? What What are your thoughts on the market at the moment? And then I guess a lot of questions back on them. You know, what's your experience? How many clients do you have? What's your funds under management? What's your fees? So there's no right or wrong answer to it. It's a bit like a blind date, right? You're going into this meeting, meeting for the first time. It can be a little bit awkward. Um, You don't, you can hold your cards. You don't have to show everything, but I guess if it's going well in a first meeting, you're opening up. That's what we find. Uh, You're sharing more ideas and objectives and you're sort of basing your trust in us at an early stage to really unpack that goals. And we hope that you walk away, Sasha, from that meeting going, wow, I went with a list of questions and my stuff in front of me, but my head's like exploding with ideas because I can see the value of having an advisor to get me from where I am today to where I want to be in, you know, five, 10 years time. And I don't think you actually need to bring, if you don't have everything, it's not a problem, right? Because the first meeting, you're not actually going to be getting the financial advice. It's just a conversation. So if you don't bring everything, it's not generally a problem. Yeah. So you did say it was like a blind date. You know, there I often organize drinks as a first date because then you're not committed to dinner or a coffee because you're not <laughs> you're not gonna be there for hours and hours. You're only just 15 minutes and then you can be like, yep. oh I forgot I had an emergency. So is that similar with financial advisors? Like is it appropriate for me to say, can I organize a call? Can I, you know, do a bit of a chemistry test before I turn up to a meeting and kind of waste, I don't want to say waste, but that's what we're talking about really, wasting your time on a client meeting. No, definitely. 100%. You've you've raised a really good point. I think the first point of call, if they're comfortable, is a phone call. Could be 10 minutes long, could be half an hour long. Um, like we're very different to other advisors, so we can't speak for the whole, you know, um, network, but that's how we do it. And then we'll set up a a face-to-face, which might take 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, And then subsequently after that, it might be a third meeting to say, well, you're obviously keen. We've talked about your goals and objectives. Now let's talk about next steps and how we can actually work together as a client-advisor relationship. But, um, you know, with the world that we live in, A phone call can be a Zoom for 15 minutes too. So it's a soft, well, at least I've met you once um, rather than just stalking you on LinkedIn. 
So then I guess we've kind of talked about what your ideal would be for a first client meeting, but what are red flags from both sides? So what do you look for as kind of red flags in a client, but also me as a potential client, what should I be thinking? Oh my gosh, this is giving me Melissa Caddick vibes or this is giving me <laughs> the sense that I should be swiftly looking for the door and calling this first date to an end. <laughs> Look, I think that um I think that we're pretty transparent, right? But we also we want to give away quite a bit in our first meeting, but we can't give away everything, right? So, you know, our red flag would be someone that wants everything right away, wants to know what to do in that very first meeting meeting because we need to provide you with a statement of advice and that takes a lot of time and actually research and putting that advice document together so that would be a red flag for us um, someone you know trying to push for as much information as possible um, without actually committing uh, to going next steps and we you know Candace and I put together a bit of a letter of engagement after our first meeting advising you know what your goals are how we've understood it and how we can provide that advice um, so that would be probably a red flag for me um, from a client's perspective though a red flag would be an advisor pushing product in the first meeting because you're not allowed to at all talk about products in the first meeting and so what do you mean can you elaborate on what products means is that I think I've seen you know you can buy properties off a plan or like development is that is it those kind of products that you're talking about or is it investment vehicles or is it both well you know what what is interesting is financial advisors aren't really registered to give direct property advice so no financial advisor should really be advising you to purchase direct property off the plan so red flag for that one for sure. Product she means, Sasha, is, hey, you should go into this managed fund. It's a financial product, unlike our podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, like this platform, right? So if you should go into this platform, you know, the, the banks actually got in a lot of trouble for pushing products. So, for example, let's take BT Insurance. You know, financial advisors at BT were told to sell BT Insurance, right? But the BT Insurance product might not be the best one for your circumstances because all different insurances have different characteristics that are good for different, I guess, occupations and requirements. So talking about that in the first meeting would probably be a red flag for me. Yeah, I guess to go further onto that point, if the advisor is vertically integrated, right? So you have to use their products, you have to use their system, you have to use their account and you have to, all these have tos, they're not agnostic that would be a little red flag. And I think another obvious red flag for us as advisors, if a, if a prospect is saying, I need to move money from the Cayman Islands to Sydney to this and there, obviously that sounds like money anti-laundering uh, activities going on. <laughs> and that's a bit of a no-go for us as advisors. So as, as our role and our duties, we have a duty of care for our clients right? So at the end of the day, it's it's a personal relationship based on trust that's ongoing over the many years to come. So for us, we really take it serious um, and we do try and be as very transparent as we possibly can with our fees and, and how we work with our clients. And I think we were also talking about this offline, you know, what do financial advisors actually do? You know, what can they actually provide advice on? Because we always get asked that question. You know, I don't know if that's something that a lot of listeners have been asking. You know, what does a financial advisor do? So essentially, we can do a lot. 
right? So we can provide advice on superannuation, insurance, managing debt, retirement and your pension. I'm just going to interrupt you there. When she's saying these things, guys, the advisor has to swim in their lane. So go back to make sure that they're qualified for these types of scope of advice that she's listing. And can I just ask, is that because that is the type of advice on moneysmart.gov.au or it would be on their LinkedIn profile saying I specialize in these areas? Like that's kind of information that if they're a good advisor will be upfront on their website, on their collateral, on their marketing materials. Yeah. I mean, think of it this way. You don't go to a car salesman to buy a boat, right? <laughs> like it'll be on Money Smart, right? So Money Smart has, you actually have to upload all of your qualifications on Money Smart. So you can search like you know, happy for everyone to have a search on me on Money Smart. You can see my qualifications and you can see what I am allowed to give advice in. So to finish that off and to, you know, finalize going through what an advisor can actually do, um, you can speak to them if you're going through financial hardship. You know, they can talk about shares and investments. They can talk about margin lending, self-managed super funds. You know, if you're going to the later stage of your life, they can help with aged care, um, cash flow and income, you know, expat finance as well, which is something that a financial advisor can provide advice in, uh, different tax strategies, other borrowing strategies, as well as small business advice. Then you've got your wills and estates. So, you know, there's a huge breadth of offerings that financial advisors can provide. Some people, like you said, will specialize in things and some people are more of a generalist. Um, So it depends on, you know, what kind of advice, you know, whether it's holistic or it's investment only, it's our insurance only, you know, it, it really depends. Exactly right, Felicity. So it's really about thinking about what kind of advice you want and then finding the right, hopefully, advisor for you. But let's just take a short break. We're just going to pause this little blind date for the moment so we can run to the bathroom and hear from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. So Sasha, I guess we've gone through, you know, how to start thinking about getting an advisor, some really great tools and websites, where to go looking for their qualifications. Now let's assume in this scenario, you've, you've had the first Zoom or the first call, you've gone into the meeting and you're halfway through the meeting. What other questions have you got kind of for us while you've got us? Well, I've been wondering how much a financial advisor would cost. And I understand that it's not going to be a blanket cost across the board. And you might not even be able to tell me how much it would cost. But what number should I be ballpark thinking about allocating towards financial advice? 
Yeah, I mean, what I would generally expect, and some advisors are different, but we don't usually charge for our first meeting. It's complimentary uh, because we actually want to get to know our potential client and whether we do have that, I guess, good vibe and whether we do think we can actually provide um, valuable advice. You know, our statements of advice, uh, which would be the fee that you pay for the document, ranges from about $550 to $6,500, sometimes a little bit more, depending on the complexity of the advice. But let's assume that you just wanting to do a super review, an insurance review, and maybe start an investment portfolio. A lot of advisors would charge between maybe three and a half to four and a half thousand for that statement of advice. So yes, it is a significant chunk, but it is definitely worth it. And depending on what kind of advice you do get, some of it or all of it can actually be paid from your superannuation, um, which is also positive. Then you've also got ongoing advice fee if you do decide to take up an ongoing advice fee arrangement. This can be flat or it can be a percentage base. Candace and I are percentage base because we believe that our um, fee should grow with the performance of the portfolios that we have put together for you. And I think uh, a good comparison is if you're familiar with the markets and you're already an investor, like you said, Sasha, for over a decade, you know that ETFs range, right? Some are as low as 0.10% management fee all the way to like 1%. And it's the same with advisors. So depending on the offering that the advisor is going to talk to you about, you know, that's the fee will range. In our opinion, it should range. It should be economics of scale because obviously, in my opinion, the more money you have, um, the fee should come down. In, in our opinion, right? And it's an ongoing relationship. So you really want to be incentivized as an advisor to grow and preserve your client's wealth over the long duration. Also, there's one more fee that we didn't mention is so you've got your potentially initial meeting fee, you've got the statement of advice fee, you have the an implementation fee. So some advisors charge to implement the advice because it is a lot of, it's quite time consuming and there is a lot of paperwork and a lot of moving parts. So there is sometimes a charge there. And then you've also got your ongoing advice fee. So there's kind of four potential fees that you could be up for. And I guess to wrap it all up though, if you do decide to go ahead, that you get given a statement of advice document, which we referred to a few times, that goes through all of the fees. So at any point in time, you can refer to that, which is great. We're quickly running out of time, but I've got a couple more questions for you. First of all, is that I've read that certain advisors have um, like a minimum, you have a minimum number of assets for them to even consider you. Is that something also on Money Smart that I can look for? Like if I'm only, if if my total assets are under 100,000 or between 100,000 and 500,000, um, are certain advisors not going to want to look after me? I don't think it is, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I do know that on the ASX uh, website, they do have a find an advisor tool there. And depending how the advisor wrote their profile, that has minimums um, on that. So, um, But I'm not actually sure on the Money Smart. That's a good question. No, it's not on the Money Smart, but it is on the ASX Find an Advisor. So that is findanadvisor.asx.com.au. So that could be a good one because you can provide your investable assets there. Excellent. Well, we've talked a lot about this dating analogy and I don't know about you two, but I know that part of dating is sometimes you get broken up with. Um, So how would you ideally like for someone to leave you if they've decided they no longer want a financial advisor or they don't want to proceed? um, What should you be, what way should you be telling your financial advisor that you're moving on? 
yeah, I mean, breaking up is not fun um, and it's not not a great day for an advisor when that happens because obviously something has gone wrong there along the way. But it does happen. That's the reality. And I guess depending, coming back to, depends on what you're invested in, what product you're in. You know, if you're on a HIN system or an SRN, even better, and you're just buying and selling shares and that's all you want from us, then it's really easy to break up, so to speak. Um, but I guess, you know, at that point, hopefully the advisor has had many conversations. It's not just wake up one morning and all of a sudden their advice is going to end. Um, it's hopefully managed between you and advisor uh, over a period of time. Um, but at the end of the day, like coming back to that point earlier, it's the duty of care. So if the client wants to leave at the end of the day, they're more than uh, welcome to do that. And the advisor's role there is to is to help. I guess it's the reason for the breakup. Is it because you feel like you understand your finances a lot more and want to take control? You know, what would be the reason? Or you're just not happy with the relationship, not happy with the performance, don't actually feel that like you're getting value for money? Yeah. Or maybe I was thinking more it's that you've been seeing these red flags and you're suddenly thinking, oh, maybe I'm with the wrong fit yep. or I'm with someone who there's a better option out there. I've started doing my due diligence on moneysmart.gov.au and I've realized that there is a better fit and I'd like to move my finances across. Just be honest. I think, you know, honesty is the best policy and just speak to your advisors, give, tell them why you feel like there's potentially not a good fit. Um, and then they can potentially talk through the issue with you. Um, and I'm sure you can, you know, part on good ways, right? If you um, are honest and open about it. Well, I think we should leave it there because I can't imagine anyone leaving you two. Um, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't. Um, but that's been really helpful. And I think it's answered a lot of the questions I had about trying to find a financial advisor or what my next steps should be. Yeah. I mean, and let's do another one. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's a wrap guys. So we hope you took some value out of that conversation with uh, our amazing producer, Sasha. But as a reminder, before we sign off, please note that although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shoring Partners, as always, the discussion today does not constitute as personal advice. You should always, like we talked through in this uh, podcast episode today, go out there, speak to your professional advisor before you make your investment decisions. That's it. And, you know, if you did like this episode and you want more episodes like this, please reach out to us at tmtm at equitymates.com. And we absolutely love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next time. See you then. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the corporation. Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.